Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot, No Questions Asked, Mastering the Art of Intuitive Reading and the Tarot Coloring Book. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 192 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is intuitive tarot. And my special guest is Matt Oren. Welcome, Matt. Hi, Teresa. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me on. Well, I am delighted to talk to you, and I'm going to talk about your book, Psychic Witch, in a little bit. Uh, but I know that you've taught things about intuitive tarot reading. So, of course, you're the person that I need to talk to about this. Um, I'm an intuitive tarot reader, and I think there's plenty of people who do call themselves intuitive tarot readers. Uh, and your book is called Psychic Witch, and people don't like the word psychic. So I want to start there. Yes. Why has it become such a dirty word in tarot circles? Yeah, you know, that's that's a funny question. And I kind of start my book with that, like why, you know, people avoid psychic and they avoid the word witch too. Like both are kind of heavily charged words. And I think part of that has to deal with, um, you know, the history of scam artists, uh, particularly uh, with tarot. Um, tarot does not have as intense of a scam history as, say, like palmistry. To my understanding, palmistry is the industry that has the most scam with that and are the ones that are quick to use the word psychic. Um, we also have like, um, you know, those kind of TV tarot readers. I don't want to use any names, but like we remember them from like the 90s um, with like fake accents and pretending to be psychic and call their hotline and like, you know, just kind of sucking all the money out of people. And also the word psychic, um, I think that there's uh, assumptions about the word um, in general. So people usually see psychic as, you know, having uh, clear you know, visions of the future, uh, which you can, you know, that is a part of, you know, the psychic faculties. Um, but psychic is just a natural um, ability. And that's one of the things I really try to drive home. Um, it's the ability to sense energy on a level that is not palpable to the primary physical senses. Yeah, I also like to say intuition is like you have the knowledge, but you don't have the facts. Yeah. So I have kind of a, um, I differentiate between psychic and intuition in my book, and not everyone agrees with me. Well, I want to um, hear this. What is the difference? Could you explain that to my audience? Because people are probably thinking, well, is there a difference? Yeah. So, um, in my uh, witchcraft and spiritual practice, and in several different spiritual traditions, we have the concept of the soul being divided into three. And the most basic way to explain it, um, which most uh, anyone involved in spirituality would be familiar with, is mind, body, and soul, right? Um, so we have a higher self, a lower self, and a middle self. And that's kind of how I define it. So the the lower self is sort of like that animal, that primal, that like physical aspect of ourselves, right? It's the part of us that are animal. The middle self is our human self. It's our sense of ego, our sense of self. It's our ability to think and plan the future and think about the past. And then the higher self is that sort of divine aspect of ourselves, that uh, part that is still connected with uh, spirit or source or whatever name you want to put on the divine. So... Intuition, in my opinion, um, have you ever seen the BBC show Sherlock? 
No, my husband's a huge fanatic. Okay. So he watches it. It's the one with, uh, uh, what's his face in it? Uh, Cumberbatch? Yes, yes. Yeah, my husband uh, loves that show. That's never been my jam. But anyhow, go on. So I usually try to use this to try to illustrate what intuition is to people. Um, but sometimes if they haven't seen it, it's a little bit harder. Um, so in uh, that Sherlock, um, uh, Sherlock has this kind of like savant ability to look at someone and then like take in all this information about them. Like there's a scuff on their shoe. So this means that uh, there's, you know, they're writing with this hand, their hair's doing this thing. And he's getting all this information and making his deductions about the individual. So intuition is that, but it's, we're doing that constantly on a subconscious level, right? So it's drawing information from environmental factors and often intuition, since it's a lower self ability, we feel it as either hunches or as physical sensations because it's the animal aspect of ourselves. Whereas psychic, um, so, so I try to explain it sort of as the lower self speaking to that middle self and relaying information. Whereas psychic ability, I see as the higher self relaying information to the middle self. So this is um, like in a, a tarot reading um, or a psychic reading, it's when you start drawing information that there's no environmental factors that could possibly give you that information. So it's like names, it's dates, it's things of that nature that there's just absolutely no um, subconscious energetic clues to that. And by the way, I love that when that happens too. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> it's the best feeling when you're just getting all this weird stuff that doesn't make any sense with the cards. You, you um, know, it's really funny too in my um, tarot practice. Um, I'm not, I'm not offering services anymore, but I was a professional tarot reader for a very long time in a very like high volume area in Salem. Um, and when I would pull the names and the mediumship and, you know, the locations and stuff, it was always, it, it was the weirdest thing because like, it was always to clients who were super like unimpressed by that. And not that like, I'm trying to impress anyone with it. Right. But like, you know, it's like, are you serious? This is TV like level stuff, you know? And they're just kind of like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's right, you know? Um, and I always found that really, really odd. And I've, I've sometimes wondered if the reason that information is pulled so strong is because uh, that tended to be clients that were a little bit more skeptical or something. Mm. Um, so like, you know, spirit needed that kind of extra push to like tell them like, Hey, listen up. Yeah. So that happened to me too. Oftentimes the most skeptical people would get all the weird stuff. Right. And, so. and then like, you know, um, you, I'm sure you've had readings where you're like, eh, that was kind of an okay reading in your head. And they're like, Oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of like, okay, well, if you got what you needed out of it, that's fine. Um, I've had similar uh, experiences with healing too. Um, uh, when I've done healing sessions with people, sometimes the most like intense for me where I'm like the energy's flowing, like that, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're totally getting something out of this and they'll be like, Oh yeah, that was nice. You know? And then there's times when you're like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm feeling anything. And they're like, Oh my God, I had yeah. this amazing experience, you know? So it's, it's, I always found that kind of odd and I'm not sure what that is other than, uh, perhaps what I was saying, that idea that like perhaps certain people need a little bit more to kind of realign them on whatever path they need to be on. 
I also think too that sometimes, you know, when we're getting information, whether we're getting something that we feel really wowed by or or the client does, you know, ultimately um, they're going to perceive things the way they perceive things too, especially if they do have like a skeptical bent about things. It's very hard for a skeptical person, even when you wow them and razzle dazzle them to really be comfortable with admitting that, you know, sometimes they get right. spooked. Uh, you know, when I start, when I wrote my book, uh, uh, Terror No Questions Asked, I wrote about this one dude who, you know, sat down, I lay out the cards, I started doing a reading, no questions. And after I was done, he was like, you know, I could tell he really was like astounded. But then he said, how do I know you didn't Google me? <laughs> and I'm like, this is back when I used to see people in person too. Right. And so when they would call me to schedule a session, I never took their last names. And I, I said, dude, I never took, I didn't even take your last name when I scheduled the appointment. So how could I? And the guy just was blown away and he's been a client ever since, you know? So yes. I, I think it's really interesting how that stuff works. And it's so hard to explain it to somebody who is skeptical, who doesn't understand it. Um, you know, people think like somehow it's a magic trick. Now you've taught a, you've taught a class in intuitive tarot, like I said before. Yes. Um, I'd like to know what your thoughts are. How does tarot, I mean, what role does intuition play in tarot? Do you need to have any intuition or psychic ability to read tarot? People ask me this all the time. Um, you know, um, I don't think you need to, to start, but I think that just working with tarot is going to build your intuition period. Um, for me, I approach tarot like I do pretty much anything in my spirituality, which is I like to try to balance, for lack of a better word, uh, right brain and left brain, you know, that kind of intuitive side as well as, um, you know, the analytical side. Um, so, you know, I, I used to teach workshops that were very focused on like learning the tarot, like, you know, the methodical, like what are the established meanings? What is the numerology? What is the astrological correspondences, the Kabbalah, you know, all of that right. stuff. And then I had my workshops that were completely intuitive. And, um, personally, I feel like more people got, um, something out of the intuitive one, because like my whole promise with the pitch is that like, you don't have to know how to read any cards to take mm -hmm. the class. Um, and um, I love those classes where people walk away being like, wow, I can do something, you know, that I didn't think I could do. Um, so I don't think it's necessary, but I think it's definitely, um, I think if you work with the tarot, even if you come to it in a very uh, left brain analytical uh, traditional correspondence uh, method, that intuition is going to open up. You can't help it, you know, through consistently working with the tarot as a tool, because I do believe it is a tool for intuition and psychic ability. I, I agree a million percent. So what are some of the ways that somebody could become more intuitive with their tarot readings? What are some of the ways they might be able to tap into that psychic side? Okay. Um, so I am very big on scrying on the cards. Um, so I have two little um, stories to share if you're Ooh, interested. I love stories. One, one is for me and one is not for me. Um, so, so one was um, similar to the story you were sharing. So I had a woman who sat down in front of me years ago um, in Salem in October. And for anyone who doesn't know, Salem in October, it's like people in and out, like nonstop for almost 11 hours. Um, 
because I was in a shop that is very prominent, ran by a very prominent witch. Um, And so this woman sat down, like, she's not a very spiritual person, you know, she just kind of did it because it's Halloween, you know, it's the thing to do in Salem while you're there. And I sat down and I'm looking at the cards and I'm seeing a lot of swords cards, right? And um, I forgot which card it was, but it was one of the pages. Uh, a page came up. So it made me think of her son. So I was like, um, I try not to ask questions when I'm doing readings. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I'm like, you know, like, I feel like you have a son or someone like that, like someone who you view as a son. Um, and uh, there was the devil card. So I was like, I feel like they're struggling with things. But I kept going to the to the swords. So... I was like, you know, I think there's an addiction here. And she's like, yes, yes. You know, like my son has addiction problems, you know, like substance problems. And I was like, okay, well, like, um, as I keep staring at these swords cards, I they keep turning into needles in my mind's eye. And my arm is getting very sore and I'm feeling very tired while I'm doing this reading. So, you know, I'm kind of dancing around, <laughs> you know, beating around the bush a little bit, but I'm like, you know, I feel like it's heroin, like he's shooting heroin. And she's like, oh no, like there's absolutely no way. Like he's afraid of needles. He would never do that. Blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay, I've been doing this long enough. I trust what I do, you know? So I was like, just put it in your pocket, hold on to it. Um, because maybe it's information for later. Maybe this is symbolic in a way that like I'm interpreting as literal. Um, the next year she came in and she sat in front of me and she's like, uh, do you remember my reading last year? And I was like, no, I'm sorry. I don't like I read hundreds of people in October. Um, and she, she reminded me of the reading and she said she went home. And as soon as she went home, she went into his room And she went into his dresser and she found heroin and needles. And so she took him into rehab like that next day. Um, And that like, he's now like recovered um, or on the path of recovery. Like he was in a, like a, um, a home. I I forgot what the term is for that. Um, But it was one of those things where like, you know, sometimes the client, uh, you know, is like, no, that's impossible. Or like, you know, I can't see that being true, but it's sort of like, well, that's why you're coming to me as a reader, you know, because I'm here to tell you things that you aren't seeing that you don't, you know, you may not have the vantage point of. Um, So while, you know, I'm not saying believe every psychic reading that you get, you know, like you definitely need to hold that as a possibility um, and not dismiss it um, because, you know, there's a reason you're getting a reading because you can't see something unless you're one of those people who are looking just to get, just to hear what they want to hear, which then it's a waste of all of our time. And I'm sure you know exactly those type of clients I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That reminds me of a client many years ago I was reading at bars and uh, this woman sat down and You know, I I don't remember much about the reading, except I said, hey, looks like you're going to have some car expenses coming up. And she laughed and said, I got a brand new car. And I said, well, I can be wrong. I'm not God. And the next time I saw her at the bar, she goes, well, you were right. I said, well, what happened? She said, I got drunk and crashed my car. 
Well, yeah, suddenly her brand new car got very, very expensive. Uh, You know, so I just thought that was very interesting. And sometimes I think when we get intuitive flashes, now, I don't know if you feel this way, we get, we get information, and we're not sure exactly what it means. It seemed like when we look at an astrology chart, and then later on, and sometimes even the client doesn't know, something happens, and they're like, oh, my God. And they'll come back, and they'll say, remember you said so-and-so about this and that, like this car situation. And you're just kind of like blown away at how accurate it is, but how sometimes it's really hard to interpret what exactly it means, even though you're getting all the intuitive downloads. Right. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I definitely um, uh, have experienced that. I also, um, because of that through the years, I've learned to try to be very clear specifically um, when it comes to psychic information of Mm -hmm. being clear of what I'm receiving versus how I'm interpreting it. Um, Because I trust the process of what I'm receiving. Mm -hmm. It's just that my personal interpretation may be off. So I try to, you know, distinguish between those two things. Um, So the other story is uh, it involves Lori Cabot. So Lori Cabot um, is a famous uh, witch and a famous psychic for people who don't know. And I've had the honor to uh, both study under her and also uh, read at her shop next to her. And um, she, with the tarot, she just completely, I don't even know if she needs it. Um, I think it's kind of more there for the other person. Um, But, uh, you know, like she'll, she'll, she'll just do the reading. And this is someone who's been on Unsolved Mysteries for finding like missing bodies and stuff like that. And um, I remember one time um, I was watching her do a reading um, and she uh, pulls out all these cards and she's talking to this couple because they're getting the reading. And she's like, oh, well, I know the plumber just came to your house and repaired the pipe, but it's leaking again. Are you aware of the leaking pipe under your house? And they're like, yes, it just, you know, that just happened. How did you know that? And she's like, oh, it's this card, the Eight of Wands. So like, if you know the Eight of Wands, like that card doesn't mean anything about like a leaking pipe. But I can see how she did that because through the method of scrying, those wands can look like pipes. And if you look at the very bottom one, it's like touching a little river. So it can kind of look like it's leaking water, right? <clears throat> so Gosh, like now you know I got to go look at it while you're telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like that's um how she how she got that information, you know, is just like quickly glancing at the cards and in her uh third eye, uh that's the image she saw. Um and like I mean she's Lori Cabot, so <laughs> like you know, she's yeah, so you see what I'm seeing, the bottom one, how yep. it looks like it's kind of touching the river and like water is coming out. So like that's a perfect example of like scrying the cards. Like it has nothing to do with the traditional meaning at all. Um, but just sort of like looking at the cards and seeing what comes to your imagination is part of that scrying process. And imagination is um, such an important part of psychic ability that people dismiss um, and I discuss that in my book a little bit because uh, 
researchers have found when studying psychics and uh, healers of all sorts, like shamans and mystics and even Christian faith healers, that when they begin performing their thing, when they start tapping into their psychic ability and their energy, their brainwave states start going into the alpha brainwave state. And the alpha brainwave state is the brainwave state associated with imagination and daydreaming and things of that nature. Um, So, you know, um, as a culture, we're very um, trained to sort of ignore our our imagination and dismiss it at a very young age. Um, One of the things I talk about is um, child development. So I I compare child development and child brainwave state development. And what's interesting is around seven years of age, uh, the child moves from focus, like primarily being in an alpha brainwave state to being in uh, beta, which is like our normal awake everyday consciousness. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about that is that's also the age in child development where the child starts understanding that they need to act a certain way, that there's certain expectations on them. So it's sort of like this sort of conformity that starts occurring. Um, And I've always found that really fascinating that the two kind of coincide. So here's something I really want to ask you too. Mm -hmm. Um, have you ever had this happen where you're doing a reading and you feel like you're getting a psychic overload? Like information is coming in so fast, you can't even get it all out. Um, I'm not sure. Um, just because um, I'm very big on, you know, the uh, the techniques of like grounding. And I also... Um, you know, I don't talk about this in the book and I usually don't talk, teach this in workshops, uh, with tarot, but I also work with, um, for lack of a better word, my spirit guides when it comes to tarot and I use them as gatekeepers and also clarifiers for information. So I, I feel like that information kind of trickles. Um, I think you can definitely get overwhelmed with any sort of intuitive or psychic or divinatory, uh, process, Um, my biggest challenge is not so much that, but over the years, it's been about how to present information Mm. that I'm receiving clearly. Um, because a lot of tarot readers I've met pride themselves in being very blunt and being very, you know, like I tell it like it is, I don't sugarcoat it. And it's like, okay, but like, who is that serving? Like, you know, I, I totally get not like gaslighting them with spiritual bypass, but I also think, you know, we're here to help people. And sometimes how we relay information and what information we relay can be harmful to mm. someone. I agree. And I've, I've had to undo other people's, I mean, I'm a very blunt person, right. uh, but I'm not cruel. <clears throat> and yes. I've had to undo the damage that other readers have done for people over the years. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think it's just because even if the reader was really accurate, it's the way they've delivered the information yes. that hasn't been helpful. And we always have to think about being of service. Yes. So i got, I think, two more questions for you. Okay. Um, I want to know what are the pitfalls about being psychic? (laughs) I mean, I know it's a weird question, but here's the reason why I'm asking you this. Mm -hmm. It's because so many times 
I've come across people over the years who are like, oh my God, I wish I had your gift. Oh my God. Like, and they want to get in that third eye and hang out in the third eye and hang out in there. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. listen, it's not all that. So I would love to hear your thoughts on the pitfalls about being psychic. Oh, okay. So there's several. Um, So let's just even remove like the personal experience and put it in the context of interacting with other people. So on one hand, um, the Cassandra curse is totally a thing. Um, Cassandra comes from Greek mythology. She was someone who is blessed with the ability of prophecy and always being accurate. But her curse was that no one believed her and no one listened to her. So it was always like she was telling people things, but it was falling on deaf ears. Um, so that's definitely an interpersonal pitfall as well as, you know, just, um, sometimes it's, it's hard having a vantage point that other people aren't necessarily, um, awakened to, um, on a personal level, um, it can be overwhelming. It can be an overload. Um, you know, a lot of people, uh, and this is something that like, I I really stress in the book and what I wanted to put in my book um, because I've read so many books on psychic ability um, and a lot of them are all about how to awaken your senses and how to open up and things like that, but they don't tell you how to turn it off. They don't tell you how to tune it down. Um, You know, um, there have been times where I've been woken up in the night and it's just sort of like, um, hearing spirits so intensely that it's sort of like, okay, like this is impractical. I need to turn it down. Um, there's also times when, um, you know, you can be emotionally overwhelmed by environments and by people. Um, and you know, there's definitely, uh, the risk of sort of, um, Um, so, so one of the examples that I give in the book is when I first started reading in Salem, because as I said, it's really intense. It's like 11 hours straight back to back, like for a whole month. So it's like a psychic sweatshop, essentially. (laughs) Like that's what it feels like. And, um, my first year there, like I hadn't learned the techniques to essentially turn it down and turn it off and things of that nature. And I started just reading everyone that was around me, whether I wanted to or not, you know, just people in the shop, people on the street. And it was really overwhelming and exhausting too. Um, And that's definitely, you know, a pitfall with it. Um, But I think that like, if you can learn to to awaken your psychic ability safely, if you can learn how to uh, control it and turn the volume up and down when you need to, um, that there's not too many pitfalls uh, when it comes to using it. I actually think it's one of, um, you know, I'm very big on the idea that psychic ability is completely natural and everyone possesses it. It's just ability of awakening those sort of senses that we've, uh, that have gone dormant. Yeah, totally. And I like to say we have to have common sixth sense. You know, it's good to have six cents, but have some common sense with it too. And I, I totally know what you mean about, you know, I used to be so open and I was plugged in too much and walking around like that. It's like walking around, uh, being a giant open wound, you know, absorbing everybody's issues. And actually what ends up happening is it can make you unwell. So closing it down, I think is really, really important. So the last question I want to ask you, um, if you had to give advice to people who want to read more intuitively, what would be your number one 
tip to do and the number one tip not to do? Okay. Um, so whether it's, uh, intuition or psychic ability, because, you know, although I do differentiate them, I do believe that they weave in and out of each other and that they do work in harmony together. Um, though there's benefits of learning to distinguish the two, um, for either practice, you know, I think meditation is so important for so many reasons. And it's not just about, you know, learning how to focus and learning how to like tune in, but it's also about like learning how your thought process works and learning, you know, um, how you think and what your symbols are. And it teaches you how to discern what is coming from you and what you're receiving outside of yourself just by learning how you think. So I think that's very important. Um, I'm also very big on what I call thinking like a tarot reader, um, particularly when you're learning tarot, which is just about like as um, you're going throughout your day or even if you're watching films or whatever, you know, just thinking like what tarot card would this be? You know, and just sort of like kind of learning how to apply that in a very practical manner. Um, I know you just had Rachel True on uh, recently. Yes. Um, and I did an interview with her, which is going up hopefully next week. Um, but one of the things I really loved about the book that came with uh, the deck is her memoir aspect. The fact that she relayed how each card kind of applied to her date, to her life. Um, so it kind of illustrates, um, you know, how that card, other than being like keywords, you know, or a description actually applies in daily life. And that's why I think this idea of thinking like a tarot reader is really important. And it's going to open up your intuition and your connection to the cards because the cards are just, it's a, it's a language, right? It's just a symbolic right. language in the form of paper. Um, so learning to speak that language and being fluid is going to not only make you a better reader, but make you more intuitive. And what's the don't, what is the thing you shouldn't do when you're trying to read intuitively? <clears throat> That's a really good question. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I think it's very important to, um, remain a confident if you've done the work like if you've if you know your cards if you've been working on your intuitive and your psychic abilities and faculties it's important to trust your ability trust the process but also stay humble and uh stay in that humility because like i was saying um you know i trust that what i receive is always accurate but what I don't trust is my humanness, how I'm interpreting that information. Um, because, for example, in the, the illustration that I was giving earlier, the story of the needles, right? Mm -hmm. The needles could have been symbolic. It, it could have not been literal. It could have meant something else. It could have meant he's diabetic and he needs help. You know, it could have meant um, that he needs some sort of like medicine or healing in his life. So I always try to be very clear of like, this is what I'm receiving. I'm receiving needles. I'm receiving these feelings. I'm interpreting it as being a heroin addiction. And so that way, you know, um, cause the, especially if the client is, um, you know, very, you know, we, we 
a lot of clients hang on every word that you're saying, um, especially if it's their first reading or, you know, so it's very important to be careful of the power of words. And then also, um, like I was saying, I'm so big on like the truth doesn't have to be blunt. It doesn't have to be harsh. Uh, you can be truthful and compassionate. You can be truthful and soft. Um, the ultimate goal is to help people. And I think that ties into intuition because just with any spiritual practice, I think your motive is going to definitely be what opens up your abilities or closes them down. You know, if you're in it for the money, if you're in it for an ego thing, um, those spiritual gifts, for lack of a better word, are going to shut down um, because you're not of service. Um, and you're going to end up, you know, giving readings that are inaccurate, that are harmful, that are um, not helping and healing because, um, not to get too spiritual, but like I do believe that these things are um, a responsibility, a spiritual responsibility, and I don't believe that they go unchecked in the in the spirit realm, for lack of a better word. That advice is amazing. I could not have said it better. Well, Matt, this has been such a great conversation. Um, I love your book. Uh, for people who are listening, the book is called Psychic Witch. And uh, I think that this is a book that could help tarot readers also really learn a lot about working with the psychic side. And it's only going to make you a better reader to read uh, books like this. So even if you don't consider yourself a witch, I think it's a book that belongs on every tarot reader's bookshelf. So Matt, where can people find you and where can they get your book? Okay. Um, you can get my book pretty much anywhere. It's Llewellyn. So it is, you know, uh, mass distributed all over the world. Um, you can find me on mattoren.com or just Googling me. I'm so easy to find. Um, I'm all over social media. Um, I'm particularly on Instagram the most. Um, so finding me on Instagram is probably the best way to connect with my work and my writings. Um, I'm also, uh, later this month, um, doing the Witches Sabbath event, uh, which is witchessabbath.com with uh, wonderful folks like Judica Illes and Devin Hunter and uh, Laura Tempest is a Croft and a bunch of people that I really respect. And I think it's going to be fun. And I am teaching astral projection and lucid dreaming for beginners. Ooh, that sounds amazing. Well, people make sure you are tuning into that. And again, once again, thank you again, Matt, for joining me. And people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. You can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, tons of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and so many other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you're enjoying the podcast, do me a favor. Get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot-curious people find their way to Tarot Bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, well, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. 